Hey, welcome everybody to Sawdust Talk. I'm TJ. I'm filling in for Kyle tonight. And, uh, yeah, oh, hey, look, there's a big piece of PVC back there. I might move that. Um, hey, there he is. Okay, we've got a handful of people who are all going to start piling in. We've got Drew with DK Custom Woodworks. Cool kids that are going to be here. Braden's going to be here. Kamani will be piling in here in a minute. Hey. Hey. Yeah, what is up, up, amigo? Hey, look at these two. All right, we're going to get Kamani in here in a second. And this very large and distracting piece of PVC that's coming out of my ear needs to get moved. And then we'll be in good shape. Let's see if Kamani's in here. Not just yet. I'm sure he'll be here in a second. Let me just... Just a tip. This is my uh, shop vacuum, for those of you who are playing along. It's uh, real fancy. It's got duct tape on it to make sure that it's good. Extended barrel. Look, if you're uh, not vacuuming your shop with four-inch PVC, when you're using a measly little shop vac, come on. In a mattress blow at my neighbor's yard. Yes. Well, see, I, I shoot it out the back of my house, and it goes into my neighbor's backyard. So, yeah, that's... Winning. Yep. That's how we, we do it. But where where do you put your dust? Well, some of it goes into a 55-gallon drum, and then when I fill that 55-gallon drum, I'm slowly trying to fill in most of a ravine in my backyard. And uh, we've got really big squirrel and bird's nests in the trees behind our house because of the abundance of wood shavings. So it's fun. The deer like it and uh, the squirrels seem to dig on it. So I just throw it back there. I'm lucky. I see some turners that are putting it into like uh, yard waste bags or having to fit it into their wheelie bin along with the rest of their household rubbish at the end of the week. That's, that's a lot. Some of the, cool kids will press them into briquettes right or make fire starters with them get some paraffin and press all that stuff together but no it just sounds like a lot of effort yeah that's a lot of work for you know instead of just chucking it into the creek hey there he is kamani is here that is awesome let's get him in here and we should be rocking and rolling here in no time look we've got a wooden mustache in the house Kamani, king of table saw acrobatics. How are you, sir? Oh, you know, just over here doing backflips. Uh, it it was impressive. It, I mean, I just wish it would have stuck the landing a little better, but, uh, you know, otherwise, it's all good. So I had to move locations. I got you. All right, well, are you, you all ready to get this show on the road? Let's go. Cool. All right. Well, to the A-team folks that are tuned in so far, oh, oh, one or 10. Oh, that's your rating of the backflip? Yeah. Oh, man. And Braden's been, Braden's been rating hard this year. You're, uh, you're fortunate to have gotten a 10 on that. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Appreciate the kindness of the judges of Russia. <laughs> All right. So welcome, everyone, to Sawdust Talk officially for today, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, who are you people? Where's my horse? It's Wednesday, April 19th, 
Um, I'm TJ. I'm going to be running the show. I'm uh, with TJT Workshop. Uh, I do a fair bit of woodworking. Um, most of it takes place on a on a lathe back here, but I do a little bit of metal work, a little bit of 3D printing, just dabble in a whole lot of everything. Um, I'm going to hand the mic over to, I guess, Brayton and then Kimani and then Drew, if you'd be so kind as to introduce yourself, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm Brayden. I'm a uh, mixed media artist, uh, as long as that media is uh, wood and glue. Uh, I use the CNC and whatever else I can find and hope it all works out. So, uh, and I'm Kimani from Banstray Designs. Um, I dabble in a little bit of everything from woodworking to laser to CNC and 3D printing uh, and epoxy. So I'm a little bit all over the place, still, you know, learning what I can. Right. Drew with uh, DK Custom Woodwork, uh, pretty much traditional woodworker, use a mix of um, shop tools as well as hand tools. I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy to get myself behind a plane or a chisel, but I definitely have, you know, the, your standard shop tools. Uh, no CNC. Uh, don't you really do a lot of epoxy unless I'm stabilizing something? I just, it's not my cup of tea. Um, and then I refuse to use CNCs. Um, that's, that's a whole nother conversation, but uh, you can, you guys have fun with Skynet. I'm good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it has to be another conversation. I feel like that could, that should be our starting conversation. So that's definitely going to come back around. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, while I was diving through your, your post history, I, uh, I noticed that you've got a whole lot of craft fair and, and art show, show booth picks. Um, was there a... Oh, yeah. I do like 160 markets a year. Jeez, Louise. So um, in Illinois, um, I do a lot of farmer's markets. I'm the woodworker for a lot of farmer's markets in the, in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I, I do Elmhurst and Plainfield and Naperville, which is larger areas around the uh, uh, south suburbs, kind of like, um, you know, south, uh, well, southwest suburbs. But uh, I also do a lot of the higher-end craft fairs. Uh, and I'm also really plugged into the brewery scene. When I uh, started woodworking years back, um, well, started doing it full-time, I should say, because I've been a woodworker a long time. Um, I... When I got back from Iraq many, many, many moons ago, my neighbor was a captain. I, I'll talk, talk about that later. Let me get back to, to front towards enemy. Um, so um, he, like, I met this guy, and I started doing a lot of brewery shows, and they're just, they're bangers, man. You go there, you're there for four or five hours, and you, you do very well. We'll just put it at that, if you know what you're doing. Um, I do this full time for a living. Um, I left a the corporate world and law enforcement and all that behind, and uh, I do this now, and this is all I do. Okay, so because you're located in Bolingbrook, do you agree that the Bolingbrook IKEA is by far one of the most confusing buildings ever made? Dude, IKEA is purgatory, bro. I don't go there. Dude, it's ter terrifying in there. It's so, the only time I've ever actually felt lost in a place. So my wife tried to get me to go to the Ikea in San Diego like 15, 20 years ago. And after that debacle, when I got lost in Ikea, and I was like, yeah, I'm telling you what. And I was like, never again. 
Like you won't catch me in Ikea. I, I, I laugh too. Cause when I'll have furniture and I put quotes out and they think I'm too high, I'm like, ah, Ikea's down the road. <laughs> yeah. Good luck in there. Yeah, it's, have fun. It, it's like, it never ends. It's a freaking 5k from one end to the other. It's that not, one, man. Narnia, bro. Yeah. Could you say that your Ikea experience is maybe what led to you building furniture full-time just so you never had to go back in one? <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> it, 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 we'll call it a contributing factor. Um, so I have, I have a lot of questions are based around your craft fairs. Um, okay. How, how did you get started with craft fairs? Like what, so what's kind of your journey? So like three years ago, um, I was, one of my buddies, a Marine buddy of mine, uh, works at a place called Schnitzel Plots out in Lombard, Illinois. It's like a German restaurant. And they had a Christ Kingo market. And he's like, hey, Drew, you want to go sell some of your woodwork? I know you got some. I'm like, sure, what the hell? So I go over there, and, dude, I, I killed it. I was like, and I, that's where I met the guy who does the, uh, the, the craft brewery shows, um, which is Streets Arts Alliance, awesome in the area. If you guys are anywhere near Illinois, it's, dude, the brewery scene out here is insane. Like, I, I, I go there, I sell ingrain cutting boards, cocktail infusers, dugouts, you name it. I'm, dude, I'm slanging them. You know what I mean? Uh, and then he kind of, I had was working for an architect and engineering firm after I left law enforcement. And that didn't work out. So, like, right as I was kind of transitioning out of that and I was looking for employment, I was like, well, why don't you work for myself? You know what I mean? And I was still looking for a job, but I was concentrating on either getting a job off the ground or finding something I actually wanted to do. Uh, and I ended up, I ended up just being a full-time woodworker. Just this business exploded on me. I mean, we were, you know, selling a metric butt ton of woodwork every month. It was insane. Like, more than I was making in the corporate world. We'll put it like that. So what's, what's the, uh, what's the big sellers? Like, what's the number one thing that you think you sell at these things? Right, right now? Like, it depends on where I'm at, dude. I'll like it. it I've kind of come to know what I need to go heavy on when I go to certain markets. Like if I'm going to a craft fair, it, dude, it's weird. It'll be utensils or something like that. If I go to a brewery, it's always the cocktail infuser kits, the dugouts, the end grain cutting boards, stuff like that. You know, bottle openers, bottle opener coasters, whiskey cigar flights. Um, you know, I go to a, a craft fair. It's like it's like live edge charcuterie and cheese boards and stuff like that. I go to I go to somewhere else. It, it's weird, man. There's like no rhyme or reason. I've had ones where I sell a bunch of the bullet glasses I sell with my cocktail infuser kits, and I'm like, what just happened? You know what I mean? But it, it's weird. You just, I, I'm sure you guys saw my display. It's there's a lot of products to choose from. I, I think the biggest thing for me that's made me a success is multiple price points, um, multiple genres of woodworking. Number one, I've got I turn. Um, I do, um, the like cutting boards, but I do only do when it comes to cutting boards, I only do end grain. Yeah. I, face grain cutting boards are a waste of time. They, they're, they're trashed in a year and it, it's, I, you can't even charge what you need to for them anyway. End grain, you sell them, you show them how well they work. They, they sell themselves. Um, and then the whiskey barrel items, which the rustic stuff, or as I like to call it the half assery. Um, 
You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's one of those conglomerates of like, I have multiple different genres of woodworking. And to me, that's made me the most successful. Cause I go to these craft fairs all the time and I'll have competition um, that you'll, I'll see them. Maybe they have just the live edge charcuterie or just the turning or just the whiskey barrel stuff. But you come to me, I'm veteran known woodworking business with all three. You know what I'm saying? And I, I put out a pretty darn good product. I've been woodworking for quite some time. I got caught by custom cabinet maker like 15, 16 years ago, the proper way to run a table saw and do that kind of stuff. And I, and one of the big things for me too is the better equipment. I always say tools don't make the craftsman, but sure as heck do they help. Um, and you know, I've, if you guys, I, I can give you a tour of the shop if you want. I'm heavily into Powermatic and Festool and Lee Nielsen. I, I'm stupid for Lee Nielsen. I don't know if you guys know what that stuff. I'm sure you do, but I got, I got, a, I got a slight problem. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, when I was perusing your uh, feed, I saw you have a healthy or unhealthy wall of just uh, Festool sustainers. Uh, so that uh, I've, I've recently, when I, when I first started woodworking, I. I didn't know what Festool was. I didn't, you know, I never looked into it. And once I found out how much everything costs, I was like, I'm never, like, I am never going to need a Festool. Um, and here I am. Uh, there's a Capex right at my feet right now. So uh, clearly I have, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the green Kool-Aid. Uh, Try the Forest Blade for, for it yet? I, I, it's, the, the Capex is still in the box. Dude, so, the Forest Blade completely changes the game on it. The for you said forest blade. Forest makes a ninety tooth chop master blade for it, and it is fantastic. All right, I'm gonna need you to send me that information after after all this. Yeah, because it's a weird metric blade. I'm sure you figured that out already. Yeah. It, instead of having a five eighths arbor, it has a thirty millimeter arbor. But I'm telling you that blade, that forest one. I'm a huge forest fan to begin with, but their blade kicks butt, and I love their customer service. They stand behind their stuff. I've sent a couple blades back and had them rebraze teeth on or sharpen them for me or whatnot. And dude, they'll send me a logo, a label, but I'm like, also, I'm like, hey, I got 20 blades. You want to make this right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right on. So um, and then uh, you know you were uh, you were saying that the number. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll talk more about tools, but uh, you were saying you make a lot of ingrained boards. So how many? I mean, I, and I looked through your feed and I saw that you know you have like a wall and stacks of just stuff just kind of ready to go. So how many ingrained boards do you think you make within? We'll say within a year. I don't know, man. I sold like eight last weekend. Right. Um, in two days. And the majority, yeah. I'm telling you, it's weird, man. The majority of, I, I, I do a little bit through website sales, a little bit, not much. I don't do Etsy. I had a retail space. It didn't work. Um, it's those shows, man. I'll do, I'll go and I'll do a couple grand in a weekend. You know what I'm saying? In, in sales. And it's enough. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to get too far into the, the woods with the amounts and stupidness. But yeah, I'm sure you can figure out, you know, eight ingrained boards is, uh, they they're not cheap yeah. and that's that's like the least of what i'm selling too man like i those those cocktail infuser kits man if you guys haven't started dude make those i'm telling you it is not that hard and the the whiskey barrel it is huge right now man so i think Braden, are you, you going to go look at, look for your infuser Braden? what is going to say this is 
so I'm doing my first show here in about a month. I've literally spent the last like two days just pumping out. That center hole may be a little too big, brother. Yeah. I, I would Which do, one? I, this this one? Yeah, man. Um, I, you know, we can talk later. I can. I found like the perfect three set of holes that work for that. That just do bang it, man. Yeah, um, I, it's. I'm open to it. I've got some. Uh, I've got like some metal insert that's coming to fill that. So, oh, dude, I take freaking chicken wire. Straight up, man, it, and it works fantastic. All right, I'm gonna have to talk to you after this. Yeah, dude, like very minimal cost, and they work fantastic. If you hit it with a torch, very minimal um, patina inside the glass, and within 20 seconds, the entire glass is billowy full, even if it's empty. That is cool. I uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your bottle opener kits. I know that those are not cheap. If you're shopping for them at like woodcraft and stuff, are you doing wholesale? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, like so, the the bottle opener hardware. Um, even if you go on Amazon or like Alibaba, it's the same thing, and I get them for like two bucks a piece. Yeah, I might. I have to patch you down for for that link because uh, the other one was also, you do uh, it, uh, Hawksville ice cream scoop kit, oh, and that one's got the stainless steel ring underneath it. The Hawk kits are worth every penny. Yeah, it, they're like twenty bucks, but you can make sixty bucks on a on a scoop, dude. And I I sell the living crap out of my wife makes homemade ice creams, dude, and Ooh. she'll go and just talk about how much she loves them, dude, because she. I get the I get the misses out there every once in a while. You know, get a pretty blonde chick out there. You know, they sell stuff. There you go. Yeah, everybody needs a plant, right? <laughs> but yeah. So, are you getting that that Hawkbill kit from the major retailers, well, or have you found a wholesaler for that also? Uh, Woodcraft. Um, I I sat down with the owner, uh, and local here, and I was like, hey man, I go local business. I go, I can't pay retail. I go, but I don't want one or two at a time. I was like. What are you going to do for me if I buy 10, 20 of these at a time? And then I hooked you up. Oh, yeah. Just got to talk to him. Very cool. I think I think he usually knocks 20% off. Nice. Um, as long as I buy, like, 20 of them. All right. I mean, dude, the best thing is, too, it's a way to help you get your your uh, your costs down so you can you – can, I don't want to say make more money, but you can get a little bit lower price so you can – you can expand your target audience. My original degree before I went in the Marine Corps and went and did cop stuff, and I was 20 years in uniform and all that crap, I was actually a marketing major, man. So, like, like I'm, I'm all about, like, what is the target audience? How can I reach more of that audience? You know, you know, it's the same stuff, the price promotion, product distribution stuff from back in the day. But it's like you, you look at it and you go, how can I make this? There's also a uh, ice cream scoop I use, too. That is by Crooked Mill, and you can get those uh, distributed through uh, Amazon, and they're like nine dollars a scoop head, and they're fantastic. Oh, that's not they're bad. Fantastic. I found those are really good. Uh, and then Penkit Mall, Penkit Mall, uh, that's a better-known company, by the way, as well. I found that out. And oh, that's cool. Pizza cutters are better than Rocklers, and you can replace the blade on them. All right. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna so be sending some messages. Yeah, Please. so if, if you buy like I think it's twenty or more at a time, it drops to like sixteen bucks a unit. Because I actually called Rockler 
corporate office. I was like, hey, man, I go, I want 100 pizza cutters. I go, what you going to do? And I, they were like, I was like, all I want you to do is give me your sale price of $15.99 or $19.99. I was like, I just want you to give me the sale price now, and I'll buy 100 of them. And they're like, 10%. I was like, eat poop, see you later. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, come on, bro. I'm like, I'm like, you just lost like a $3,000 sale because you're not willing to work. Dude, Rockler is, I didn't want to get into like how I feel about, like, I'm just not a fan anymore. Uh, I, the first year I was in business, I spent like 40 grand with them and it, there was no love. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I'm going in there. Do you feel that a 10 by 10 pop-up tent properly contains your wares and is enough space or do you wish that you could go bigger? Uh, say it again. Do you feel like a 10 by 10 pop-up, which is sort of craft fair standard is sufficient to display all the things that you want to bring with you? Or do you think that bigger is better? So it's kind of weird, man. So that 10 by 10 works perfect to fit a six foot table in the back flanked by two four foot tables and then two six foot tables. It, it works out perfect. And then I have, uprights in the front that I'm sure you guys saw. Those are my attention. I put those out front. They work really, really well. Um, I'd say there's certain times where, sorry, where I wish I had more space. And there's certain times like I'm doing Frankfurt Fest this year and I got a, I got two 10 by 10 spaces. So I'm going to have a 20 by 10 set, set up. It's going to be huge. Um, but I've done it before for Firefly, which is another huge market in our area. Like one of the highest grossing markets I've ever done is Firefly to date. It's insane. Like you go, you go there and you come back really light, if you know what I mean. And it's, it's, um, that, that Frankfurt Fest, I've heard people, woodworkers going there and selling 30 grand of woodwork in three days. So, wow. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm up for a challenge. Right on. So on the, like, uh, what do you guys got? Absolutely, dude. It's, it, it can be tough, man. You've got to get it down to a science. And a lot of it's layering and figuring out. I do a lot of prep work when I do, do the shows, dude. I'll go right on the place where I'm going, see the spot, see the space, kind of look and get a feel for the clientele that are in the brewery that day. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's all about reconning where you go and figuring it out. If you don't know where you're, if you don't know what you're setting up, like I have so many different setups. I have one, uh, uh, I have one at a brewery this weekend called Bubble House, and I've got like basically twelve foot of twelve foot of a wall. I've I've got to do a special setup for it. I'm gonna make it work. Do I wish I had more space? Yes, but do I do I have to work with what I'm given? Yes. Still very cool. So you, I mean, obviously you do a, a ton of shows and you've got it down to a science. Describe your first booth my first booth your first booth like first show going into it that was that market dude i like i dude i had i basically had cheese boards face spring cutting boards and coasters and some coin racks very minimal stuff very 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 early on in like me doing a lot of i mean i made cutting boards in the past and all that but i'm saying like very very early on and very i look at the stuff i made then and the stuff i make now and it's it's night and day you know i'm saying this stuff to ungodly amounts now you know what i mean just because i have no 
and no concept of like stopping anymore. So, yeah. So, it's, so it, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say. So you're telling me that sanding over 400 is something that that you now actively pursue? Uh, sometimes. Usually, uh, it's 400 is about as high as I go. 500 sometimes if I want to burnish. Um, because especially when you start working with Koa, uh, Coco Bolo, Milo, woods like that, it definitely does, when you start burnishing the wood, it brings out figure around the figure. Um, so, and especially when you're doing like uh, live edge stuff, gets really wicked. I have an excellent place to get my live edge wood um, from locally here. If you guys, I don't know if any of you guys are in Illinois. I'm in St. Louis. So, yeah, I'm up there all the time. My brother lives up there. Bro, there is a place in West Chicago called Raw Heartwood. Look this guy up. A guy's name's Garrett, good friend of mine. Dude, Koa, Milo, Eucalyptus, freaking Queensland Maple, Kiabe, like 30 different species of wood he just got imported from Hawaii. Holy Nikes. I, I'm telling you, dude, the, you should see the 4A Koa coffee table I got in my house. It, 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 dude, the entire thing is tiger stripe it's the prettiest piece of koa you've ever seen in your life it's i think i have it posted somewhere on there but it's it's like completely across the entire 15 16 piece inch wide piece of wood it just like curl like this wood milo i'm sure you guys saw a lot of that it is one of the it's like pacific island rosewood mm. and if you ever come by out here i'll take you to my guy i got a place where you can get red nara which is one of the coolest woods on the planet hmm. it's a uh yeah. filipino hardwood and it is fire bro yeah it looks like i'm gonna have to go see little brother here pretty soon come up and uh i got a, i got a couple hookups for wood too man i got a guy down in joliet too for all my domestic stuff so i've got three uh three or four basic places i go to get my wood i'm sure you guys are gonna ask this question so i'll just answer it for you um so my Hawaiian stuff, my live edge stuff, I go to Raw Heartwood in West Chicago. My, uh, my domestic hardwoods, I got a guy down in Joliet, El Surgis Woodwork, really awesome dude. Um, he's got a mill down there. We're talking walnut for $8 a board foot. We're talking cherry for $4 a board foot, maple for like five fifty. like really good prices and just awesome dude. Hell, he's got, I got a hookup as long as it's 24 inch shorts of veneer grade walnut for eight dollars a board foot um my red nara guys down in dwight illinois and then pretty much if i'm getting anything that's going to be uh exotics dude i just ordered from woodpeckers man let them select it and they have a deal going and matter of fact if you guys don't know about this the 23rd everything on woodpeckers is going like 50 percent off i i got those scoop from uh one of the employees there so yeah okay just Oh, the 23rd, you know, you might want to go look. Hot off the bat. Don't mind right. me. I'm just curiously scribbling over here. We got we got important notes taking place on this bowl blank, so. Yeah. so. Don't turn that before you check those uh, websites out. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, speaking of the, the woodcraft, the, the woodcraft here in town suggested that I do a demonstration for the Woodworkers Guild, and so I've been – sort of prepping to, to turn a bowl for the Woodworkers Guild in St. Louis today. So I got to round this out and not drop everything on the floor. But, um, yeah, we're going to make some, some cute little bowls live. It'll be fun. Oh, awesome, dude. A good way to get a little PR with them, huh? Yeah, it should be 
should be kind of fun. But yeah, I got bit by the the craft show bug last autumn. Um, I I felt like I absolutely just crushed the weekend. I mean, I was I did real really well. Uh, sold probably sixteen or seventeen bowls, which is what I brought for the most part. But I kind of noticed, and the show is a, a bigger show, right? It's not like twelve vendors that you might see at like a brewery show or something. But there were a lot of people balking at prices over like sixty to eighty dollars. But then you'd see them leaving, walking out to their car with like five pieces that were probably fifty dollars a piece. And hey, trust me, you're gonna hear that from people. They don't understand what the stuff costs to make. They also, when you start showing them what like booze cutting boards cost, you know, remember booze. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As soon as you show them a twelve by eighteen board, three hundred seventy-five dollars, and it just walnut, and they're like, "Holy crap!" Like simple stuff like that. And you have to understand that custom and explain them, dude. This is custom and handmade. Custom and handmade is not equal cheaper than mass-produced shenanigans you're gonna buy from China. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's explaining your craft and what you do, and like I love like you know, oh, I can do that. At my garage, I'm like, not unless you go spend about four or five thousand dollars on a drum sander, you ain't doing it. Unless you don't like your forearms or your free time, like I don't care, man. I I'll tell them straight up. I go, this is what it costs me to make. I go, my shop rate on pre-made items sixty bucks an hour on custom is a hundred bucks an hour, and I tell them all the time, you'd pay somebody to come fix your toilet a hundred dollars an hour, and it takes no skill to change those little. Those little, you know, the little bob and that, and you pay him a hundred bucks an hour. But me, who spent, you know, probably upwards of a hundred thousand dollars in woodworking equipment, you're gonna balk at a hundred bucks an hour. Like, okay, keep on keeping on. Yep. I got, I got people I need to talk to. And every- yeah, no, in the back of my mind, I keep reminding myself that there's always like, you can always say to yourself, okay, well, I'll just sell it to the next person that walks in. Oh, dude, you gotta have that mindset, dude. As soon as like, okay. Sorry, sorry, we can't come to an accord. Or I'll tell them all the time, like, go ahead, go check out the other woodworker stuff, and I'll see you in a half hour. Yeah. I'll tell them straight up, man, I don't care. Like, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of value in just knowing your knowing your customer and knowing you know where your price points are, and I mean, it's it's fine. You know, you don't you don't necessarily have to hit every single price point oh, for no, every I single customer. Every single. <laughs> I, I always love the, we don't have a lot of people coming to these markets or whatever. I'm like, dude, all I need is three of the right people. Give me three. three I don't care if you send me 100 people or 10. You send me three people that are the right people, I'm good. You know, the 10 of the right people, three of the right people, depending on what I'm selling that day. Like, I I, I always look at it like this. is like, as soon as you... Uh, as soon as you start looking and going, hey, uh, my my time isn't worth anything. You, you've lost. You know what I mean? I I don't know, man. I just we do real well, and it's I guess this is the attitude I have about it. And I look at it like I'm here to provide a service to you from a dying art. That you know, look at all these kids, man. These days, no none of these kids want to learn how to do any of this. I dude, I've got a 14 year old son. It is painful to get him in the shop. And, dude, I'm telling you, I got a nice shop. And I would love to get him out here. And even trying to – he wants to work on cars someday. Even explain to him, dude, learning to properly do a screw 
or probably turn a bolt or probably turn a wrench even on wood is going to save you a lot in the future from jobs that can be 30 minutes or five hours when you break off that screw or that nut, you know, and just, I'd really uh, I, I read a, a survey, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, and I think it's mentioned in a book called Shop Classes Soulcraft, for those of you who like to read, or I don't know if it's available in audiobook. Um, but they said that, like, in a classroom of, I think it was, like, third or fourth or maybe even sixth graders, that, like, less than 50% of them could identify a Phillips or a flathead screwdriver like and that was 10 years ago that was before tiktok so like and i'll tell somebody real quick too and this is something else for you, for you guys when you're doing these shows deals don't start until you start spending four or five hundred dollars i don't talk about discounts until you start spending four or five hundred bucks with me like yeah i'm sorry man like dude if you want you want money off on something on like a small 30 dollar it ain't happening you you buy two uh, two end grain cutting boards that are four or five hundred bucks. I'll I'll give you fifteen percent off. You like hell, like whatever. Hell, I'll, you want some beeswax mineral? I got you. You know what I mean? Here, you want a, You want a microfiber cloth? Here, have two. You know what I mean? But it, it, unless we're talking about you know spending a lot a, a larger sum of money, I'm not talking about any deals. I got you. Sorry, I've been cutting you. You guys off down there kamani what are you thinking bud oh i i was thinking i was like oh are we uh, i can't see any questions or the comments my uh, bottom half of my thing is frozen so uh oh. you know so if we're if there's getting we're getting to the point where we're asking questions or letting the uh, audience ask uh you guys will have to handle that for me oh i got you covered bud um and for those of you in the audience that want to ask questions of the guest uh there's a little sorry i can't reach it from up in the top left but there's a little question button down there and you can click it in and you can ask uh drew any of the questions that you could possibly want then whether it's about woodworking or robocop which will inevitably get discussed um you know down there's a good place to put them robocop yeah i mean like on a scale from one to citizen kane where do you think robocop sits these I don't guys i don't understand the question have you seen Seen RoboCop? Yes. Was it awesome? The one like ten years ago. I mean, like maybe it's much longer than that. It's like 1987. Well, there's another one that just came out with that guy who was an altered carbon too. Yeah. God, oh yeah. Old. Yeah. No, the one before that, the original. And what the new RoboCop is okay. Begins in the two, early 2000s. It was just out of the like cable. But anyway, I'm super dork. But yeah, I I just I I don't know, man. I don't understand what the question was again. <laughs> what are we doing? With this? Would you say that RoboCop is one of the greatest movies ever made? Absolutely not. <laughs> Fair enough. We can still be friends. Your answer is incorrect, but we're still cool. I think, um, I think it's a great movie, absolutely, but I don't think it's, dude, there's so many better. Dude, I'm a huge big Lebowski fan. Uh, okay. okay. Hey, did you see? Lebowski is getting released in the Marcus Cinemas in the Midwest again here pretty soon. Wait, because I want to see the room tie the or the rug tie the room together. Yeah, <laughs> and then and you're. Do they do a Lebowski fest in Chicago, dude? I don't. I, 
so I was a cop downtown for like several years. You can't drag me downtown kicking and screaming, man. I don't want to. Like, dude, I'm like, nah. I just want to go sit in my garage and cut up wood and make pretty stuff. Like, I gotcha. just dude abides. The dude abides. I just don't want to go to Chicago. <laughs> Have uh, you and the 14 year old boy ever popped over to Galloping Ghost Arcade? It's not too far from Bolingbrook. I did. I did the one that's in downtown Bolingbrook. Uh, well, at the Promenade. I forget what it's called. That was a lot of fun. They had that. Okay. There. I think it's. God, what's it called? I, I forget, but that was fun. It was all old school games, too, man. I'm not a big gamer, but I, I did I enjoy playing some of that old stuff like they like you we used to play with tilt back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I enjoy that every once in a while, but yeah, I mean I don't drink anymore, so it's just like a lot of those like drinking arcades, I'm like like I just don't want to I sobriety has been very good to me. So very nice. I'm very cool. old fuddy duddy now. Uh, that's how they get you, man. Then, but you do get a lot better at waking up at like oh five five hundred if you're not drinking all night. Uh, dude, I you know honestly, man, I don't usually go out the shop till about eight in the morning, man. Uh, yeah, that's three, out, three hours of coffee drinking. Oh, oh dude, I, I got dude. I'll tell you what, when you guys come to Chicago, I'll treat you to a cup of. A, well, come to the area, I'll treat you a couple gigawatt, dude. Best cup of coffee you'll ever have. Um, you okay. Know, online, good friend of mine has a coffee company out here. I actually just. Uh, started working with him to help him fix his barrels so he can uh, age his beans in them. I Very got, cool. I got some Cooper's tools, so, you know. Very nice. That's right. Braden, what's on your mind down there? I know he's thinking about CNC and crap. I want to be honest. I just keep looking at Kamani and that big old Powermatic filter behind him, and I saw a story where he was unboxing, like, every single brand in the in the space the last couple of days, so... You know what's funny? My my Powermatic dust collector, I'll make you laugh. I got a Delta one on it. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't there laws against that? I don't know, man. I was like, <laughs> hey, I, I couldn't find one. It's an older 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 Powermatic, like old Powermatic. And like to, I had to like make a, a melamine fitting to fit it. it oh, to fit in those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a nightmare. Yeah, I, I got, I got really fortunate that there is a uh, surplus store uh, near around the corner from my from my office, and so I, I found them by they have like a hidden Craigslist posting and for like tools. So, and I, and I found it one day and that's how I found my, my current table saw, but I used to go to just hang out. Huh? I have a a, uh, Laguna F2. What do you think of that, man? My neighbor's got one and one of my good friends and they like it. It's a great saw. Um, I'm just upgrading to something with a little bit more power. That's a, and Braden has one as well. Um, so it's a one and a three quarter horsepower. This one is, and, uh, like I said, it, I've not, I've never had it bogged down on me. Um, Dude, the, jump to three horses where it's at, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, outside of the, you know, when it's not doing backflips, the one I'm, the one I'm getting next is, uh, it's going to have a, it's three horsepower and it's going to be a, a 52, uh, rip instead of uh, 36. I, I really think like I bought the 52. I got a three horsepower uh, ICS saw stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. I just feel like 
I never use that 52 inch rip, man. Even with sheet goods, you only need like 36. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and when it, when the, the price difference between them wasn't, wasn't great enough to throw me off and I want the, uh, I'm going to have the router wing insert in it. Oh, okay. So, I got you. I got yeah. my separate. I'll tell you what, man, if you're looking for a awesome router motor, that new woodpeckers one's pretty killer. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I don't have, I don't have woodpeckers cash yet, but I did get it. I got to just some, you know, I, oh, the you know, woodpeckers I were going like three bills. So for the most, yeah, but I think the Jessam, uh, okay, well I can look, it's still in the box. So I haven't taken it out of the box. I can, I'll, I, I'll it's just, only three bills, man. And it's pretty killer, dude. I'm telling you, I, I it's well, not the one with the two, uh, what do you call it? The two dust ports on it. It's the one before mm -hmm. that. And they're like only, I think they're like two ninety right now. Because I think they're prepping to get that one that has the dust ports on it, like inside the router. It's the yeah, crazy. that one's like the that was like five or six hundred bucks with yeah, the two. No, I got, the I, yeah, I don't have money for that right now either. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I saw somebody, yeah, one of our chat groups, somebody posted that up, and I'm like, yeah, and then I saw the price, I was like, no. no <laughs> one, if you go on their website though, they have like a really nice router, and I'm mm -hmm. telling you, it's pretty killer, dude. Uh, it's only three hundred bucks. So yeah, I got the I got the Bosch router because uh, everybody and everybody around me was like, yeah, I have. I have it's it's never done done me wrong. So they got. I, have I got a couple the, of them, man. I got one that's toast. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, for the for the price, it wasn't bad. I think I got it for like one one and some change, like one fifty or something like that on Amazon. So I got a good deal on it. So I was like, yeah, you know, if it if it croaks on me in a couple of years, meh. Nah. Not hurt. Long, I'll tell you what, once you've actually used the uh, Festool routers, though, and the dust, you try their dust collection, you will never turn back. I can literally cut a juice groove on a board with no mess on my floor. Yeah, that's it's simple. I'm, I've, so I, I, the first time I did it, I was like, where's the sawdust? What's going on? What is this voodoo? So, yeah, my next Festool purchase currently is going to be a domino. Um, I have like so, two bench builds for my wife and so I, I bought the big one and you're gonna laugh what i use my big one primarily for is uh oh hold on let me see if i can does it have to do with your cutting boards no no okay uh what, what are you doing so you know do you know what a dugout is dugouts that was my next guess oh. so i use the domino to drill the dugouts so i haven't seen it so what's the, what's the dugout so, I, dude, I can buy better. I got a guy I'm getting my brass uh, bats from locally that are two-piece that screw in half and are awesome. And the population out here loves them. A dugout is used for marijuana. Okay, there we okay. go. So I yeah, it's a pocketable apparatus with a, a hole that you put loose into and a typically another hole for – your paraphernalia so domino to make my <laughs> that's that's awesome and it green yeah. for the green it covers the depth just fine like i, I don't know how deep a, a domino can go uh df 500 goes like an inch and some change the df 700 which is the big domino goes almost three inches so i, okay. I bought the big domino i i have the big domino and for a dugout you need like two and a half to two two seven five for the for the dugout and i use the big domino for my dugouts and what's crazy is a little two by four inch box sells for 40 bucks and then you put a brass pin in it so that the lid can spin around oh dude i just screw it baby just 
just put a screw in it. That's but you you got to do the ones with the round tops where it's not threaded the whole way, mm -hmm. and it works just fine. I do the square head screw looks nice. That I don't really put them online just because I don't want to be associated with it. But I I like selling them and it's completely legal. So screw it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean. You just tell people that that's where they should keep their moon sand so they can play with it later, right? Uh, marijuana is uh, illegal in the state of Illinois, so. Or, I'm sorry, decriminalized? Yeah, no, you guys are <laughs> recreational now. Oh, yeah. You can go down the street and go buy it. <laughs> and not that I do that. I don't got time. <laughs> I'm dead serious, man. I don't got time for that shit. Yeah. I wish, man. Maybe when I retire. Sounds like a good market for Seattle because it is everywhere over here. Oh, I'm sure, man. Oh, you're in Seattle, man. I uh, I did a month out in Portland a couple years ago. So I'm in Tacoma. Tacoma is nice. Uh, I have to go. My my day job takes me in Seattle, so I'm not not a fan of that. But uh, yeah, my my every day I'm down here. It's fine. Oh, it's a beautiful country. Just oh. I can deal without the shenanigans downtown. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, that's all up north. I'm, I'm, I'm here where it's nice and quiet. People just need hugs, man. I'm telling you, that's much, much, much more hugs. Um, there's a question from the audience that I feel like could incite a whole conversation from you, which is, uh, why don't you have a CD CNC? Uh, asks Veterans Own Woodworks. Oh, I knew he was going to ask that. Of course he, he would. He that's why I picked it. He already told me he's going to ask it, and I'm going to tell him why because. I am a man, and I don't use <laughs> machines to do my work. <laughs> Technically, you do. We, we just, we, well, just, I operate we just that machine. I don't own. push button and let it do it for me. All joking aside, Domino, nah, so. man. Oh, so here, I'm going to tell you what I tell everybody, and this is the reason why. I, I am set up to the position where I can build my product by myself and get pure joy in making it. I understand why some people, when they get large enough, get a CNC so that they can keep up so they don't have to hire another person. I am not to a point where I need that. Uh, and I also, I get pure joy out of uh, woodwork. Like, it makes me happy. Like, I, I carried a gun for a long time, and I don't have to do that anymore. Now I get to play in my shop, and I get to create things and make art and just make beautiful stuff and make people happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, dude, if you're operating a lathe, I totally get it, man. Wood turning is the most fun you can have with your pants on. Like, straight up. Here, I'll make you laugh. There's my, uh, where to go? Uh, there's my lathe over there. Yeah, there it is. Perfect. Old, old, yeah. Old Delta Reeves Drive. Great. And there, like I said, slight oh, hand, hand playing collection over right. here. Right? There, there's the Lee Neeson hammer handles. Woo! Oh, there's all the Lee Neeson stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, did you, did you hear about Lee Nielsen struggling to find the, the horn beam wood that they use for their handles? So I, and that, like, that's been. Oh, dude, I, I already know what they're replacing it with. Apple. So you're in there. Okay. So, I, I talked to the guy a couple weeks ago, and I've got a guy on eBay that I get my uh, – so all my, all my Lee Nielsen stuff all has Poco Bolo handles. My saws, my, my planes, my chisels. Even I have pairing chisels, which go like this. Yeah. Look how pretty that is. Ooh. Oh, that's stupid pretty. Coca-Bolo. So 
I'm huge Coco Bolo nut. Like, it's probably my favorite hardwood on the planet. Like, I, I got a slight addiction to this stuff. Anyway, so the reason I said it is uh, I talked to him, and I heard the horn beam was going to be shortage, but he had told me, he's like, we're starting to use apple again. We got a, They've got a sustainable source where they're going to start using a lot more apple wood. Which And he sent me some photos of the stuff he's got, and it is pretty. I've seen pretty your apple, to be quite honest, but it was still decent apple. But it's not hornbeam. Hornbeam is American ironwood, man. Like, that stuff is super tough. I got a ton of it, man. I don't really use it. Um, oh. I turn it occasionally because we have it in Missouri. So I'll tell you what, man. I got a, I got a ton of these blanks. I'll send you – send me your address later. I'm going to send you something. Um, I got a ton of African blackwood left that I got from a uh, bagpipe maker, maker about two years ago. He gave me about 160 blocks that were like uh, two inch by two inch by five inch. Just gave it to me. Uh, I'm like, okay. Wow. Oh uh, yeah, dude. I bought a I bought an ear cleaner off him. He was uh, moving, and he gave me a bunch of like random stuff. I got a ton of blackwood crap too, man. I'm road tripping. I'm road tripping. I think Brothers I got up in uh, Highland Park on the north side of town. So, yeah, I got to pass you to get to them. Yeah, I uh, I know where Highland Park's at. It's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fancy up there. Um, very, very cool. All right, well, we've got 1049. I'm going to dig into the question pile for another one. Um this one's actually from my wife, which is, uh, what is your favorite local wood to work with? And also Luminati's or Portillo's? Luminati's is trash. It's horrible. Fair enough. It's horrible. It tastes like somebody put ketchup on meat and put it on bread, in my opinion. Uh, I actually like, there's a place called Freedom Brothers. It's uh, oven fire pizza. It's really good, right five minutes from my house and then there's another place called Vita Bella and it's fantastic thin crust pizza and then I got to give a shout out to my dude Calagero's who's making Sicilian style pizza in an oven and former FBI agent said F the noise and now makes pizza I'm telling you what freaking fire pizza um and then Portillo's here's my problem with Portillo's man when Dick sold the business about 10 years ago the quality of Portillo's, in my opinion, went down significantly, but it's still good. It's just not what it used to be. Um, when You can taste the difference. If you've had it years ago and you have it now, even when I was living in Southern California, the Portillo's out there tasted better than what it is here. Uh-huh. Yeah, it just it, it's not as good as it used to be. I mean, there's, there's so many better mom-and-pop places to go, like freaking lefties and stuff like that. Yeah, but so, – like they don't have drive-thrus where you can get a chocolate cake shake and you diabetes. How they keep that chocolate cake so fluffy? Mayonnaise? <laughs> bro, I hate mayonnaise. I would rather get tased again, like and take a second ride, than ever eat mayonnaise again. I, uh, somebody call a Dunlap. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I want you to meet Daniel Dunlap. <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, I hate mayonnaise. Like, dude, dude, I, it was in my wedding vows that I. <laughs> I, I'm not even playing. Oh. I, bacon was in my wedding vows. You know what? Bacon? I promise. I promised my wife that I would share that we would share the last piece of bacon. With you know what? That is the sweetest thing I've ever. That's heard. love. I'm telling you what. what. So, 
All right, what other questions you guys got? All right. Uh, here's one let's from, see uh, here. You guys want to pick one? Yeah, yeah, here's one. I like this one from uh, Backroad Reclamation. Uh, how do you think we can inspire local woodworkers to charge what they're worth instead of trying to compete with big box stores and Facebook marketplace? So here, here's my thought process on this. And I tell woodworkers when I see this, it shows all the time. Dude, there's a perceived value when you underprice things. And they get kind of baffled by it, too, because I've had it happen many times where they'll be cheaper than me, but I'll sell more than them. And I'm, I talk about, I tell them perceived value. I go, you underpricing it, it's hurting you more than it's hurting me. I go, it's hurt me, but it's hurting you even more. I go, because a lot of times when they see a cutting board for that, sh they know damn well it should be 250 bucks. And they see 100 bucks on it, they're like, why is that 100 bucks? And then his is 250. Why? What's wrong with this? So there's that in addition to like somebody needs to talk to these kids and make them realize that value is value. And dude, if you're going to charge nothing for something, go do it somewhere else. A flat out. You know what I mean? Because a lot of us are out here trying to make this into a living. And if you're charging nothing for something that you know darn well took you like, I, I see people doing it. They'll spend 10 hours making a table, and they'll charge 200 bucks for the table. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, like that's a $1,500 table all day long. Like, you're, you're I don't know. Man. So, um, I, have a, I found one. Uh, my questions work now. Uh, oh, what, right. what tool in your shop gets the most use? You can't say you. <laughs> um honestly man like it's a it's a, a toss-up between my table saw and my drill press i mean dude my drill press gets used a lot man i i'm telling you like and i, I got an old beast nasty uh dude this thing beast nasty 1978 powermatic mm, oh wow <laughs> dude <laughs> Oh, it's still green. Awesome. I lugged that sucker out of a basement on the north side of Chicago by myself well, with an eight-year-old dude named Herbie. And I'll tell you what, I about died getting it in my truck, but God bless I got it in there. That's awesome, man. That thing gets used a lot. And then my table saw, of course. And I love saw stop. And I'm, I'm a firm like believer. Please, if you're a woodworker, buy a saw stop. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I'm telling you, you you do enough time behind a table saw, you're gonna get you're gonna get got. It may not happen now, it may not happen later, but it's gonna happen someday. I'm telling you. I got hit about a year ago with some kickback from it, and that's the other thing too. The Ribe knives and the saw stop were awesome and almost killed me. So that's all I gotta say about that. Oh, here's here's another good one that I think will probably close us out too because I, I like this question. Safety is paramount. Safety is paramount. Um, Racing Custom Signs wants to know: Is the product just as important as the sales skill? And I'm going to pile on to that. Do you? I don't want to say catcall, but it's the least number of syllables to beckon people 
into your booth when you're at larger shows? So I, I don't catcall. Um, that's one of the reasons why I have the, uh, the displays out front. That is my catcaller. So if you ever see, like, on my Insta and Facebook, see the booths, you'll see that there's, like, products set up on booths out front that are they're, – they're not the greatest stands, but they work. And they, they travel okay, and they've been rebuilt and frankenstanded like 27 times. And, uh, <laughs> and then to answer Jeff from Racing Custom Signs, who I've known for a while, he actually helped to sell my truck that I currently have to me. Um, yes, salesmanship is just as important as the product. When you talk to people, a lot of times, too, especially at these shows, you're selling to, uh, you're selling to a higher-end customer. You're selling to somebody who wants to know who they're buying from, has more disposable income, and wants to know who made the product they're using and wants to know how it was done and know it was done right and is sick of buying the same product over and over again for it to break from another foreign country, to be quite honest. And yeah. wants to know that it was done right and was made American. For me, too. A lot of people know that I'm a veteran and they love buying off a vet. So. I like that. Yeah. Now my, my thing has, has always been like the reason why I liked craft shows so much was they are full of people looking to buy the stuff that you're there to sell. Right. Whereas if you're, online or you're on marketplace or you're on craigslist or whatever you've got weird that, that's the other side looking for deals if you guys do them do not do flea markets if anything is called a flea market stay away from it you will just leave angry sure if you want to talk again these are about a place where people don't value your time it's there I, I won't. If anything, if, if I smell flea market, if I go there and I smell flea market, I don't set up. I leave. I don't care if I paid for it or not. I'm telling you, like it, it, it is not worth the aggravation. Duly noted. Like when you guys, like you know, when you spend four or five hours on an ingrain board and somebody will, like looks at it and sees two hundred fifty bucks on it and then offers you fifty bucks, like it, it's y y exactly, bro. I'm telling you what. Like, yeah. it, all you're going to do is get upset. Flea, flea markets are the Facebook marketplace of the real world. Oh, dude, I'm telling you what, what man. It is just it. The, 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 that's why I love doing the breweries and the hiring craft shows and the farmer's market. People go there because they know it's not going to be the cheapest. They know it's going to be done right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they know darn well if your booth's full, there's a reason it's full. Yeah, I've never done a show. I uh, I generally don't uh, make my my projects are generally one off customs, but uh, they're after being to a couple of these uh, crafty places. Uh, I've done I've been into a couple of maker meetups at like uh, specialized breweries and stuff like that. And I know like the the people who go there, they're looking for something specific. They're not you know they're not looking for a cheap beer. They're looking for like something that's like. Oh yeah, you something... think people put a craft beers because they know they're getting seventy five cent you know natural lights, right? Yeah, right. Right. So. <laughs> right? They're like, if you're willing to pay $8 for a beer, you're damn well going to be willing to pay, you know, $200 for a cutting board. Yeah. So. 
I've been I've been lucky enough to make contacts with people who uh, in the area who are definitely like they they make custom things and so they appreciate and they understand custom made gifts uh, or uh, items. So uh, I, I picked up some wood today. It was just, uh, at my friend's shop, and I was just like, you know what? I know exactly who this is for, and she hasn't even seen it yet. So I'm gonna like send her a picture and be like, I found this, and she'd be like, make it, make whatever it is, just make it, because she because she knows, and that's you know that she appreciates that. So and she makes some cookies, so it, it helps. Uh, yeah. Everybody likes cookies. I know, right? Yeah. You can't go wrong. Be my wife. Okay. Cheesecake problem. The time is now. There we go. 11 o'clock, boys and girls. Or 11 o'clock central. And that means that we have to wrap this show up. And so, Drew, I am going to ask you to give us a piece of advice or some motivation to stop staring at our screens, get into our shop, kick the door open, go make something. Tell us how to get awesome. I'm going to tell you one of the most, and this is going to be another one of those things where I'm huge on safety in the shop too. And one of the things I tell everybody, remember this, at the end of the day, a clean shop is a safe shop. Once you finish in that shop, make sure you clean it. A dirty shop is how you get hurt. I'm, I'm telling you, that's how you slip. That's how you fall. But at the end of the day, beyond that too, going out there and making beautiful stuff that 90% of Americans can't do is a pretty good feeling. That and, you know, making stuff for the woman whose husband will make it for him in six months. <laughs> Ooh, I feel attacked. I feel attacked. That, that bench is coming, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, telling you, man. It's coming. I, I just needed the legs. The legs just showed up. Oh, she's, <laughs> see what I just made for my wife. Man. She And she told me the day before. No. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Well, it was lovely having you on, Drew. Um, we will see all of our viewers next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Um, I wish you all a lovely evening, Drew. Hey, thank you again. You come on, you let me bump my gums for a bit. I didn't realize I was gonna be talking the whole time, <laughs> dude. It's a hoot, man. This is all about you, man. This this show is all. This episode is all about you. So we we appreciate, it. especially all the knowledge you drop. I'm gonna check out those forest blades for my uh, for my capex. Yeah, and uh, they're really nice. I'll show it to you real quick, man. I know I still got you on, man. But it, it's this one right here. Uh, there we go 90 teeth i'm with it signature yeah, it, line shop master you, man, it, it's it's a game changer absolutely zero chip out i mean don't get me wrong this the uh this zero tolerance helps with that but this definitely makes sure you get like no chip out no crustiness and nice. it's, it's it. like when you like a lot of times i'll clean up an edge on it and uh i'll get Get a butter smooth edge just with that. I won't even have to sand it. That's what I like right. to hear. All right, cool kids. I got to end the chat or Instagram's going to boot us and we're all going to have our faces frozen looking real dumb. Like, so, <laughs> all right, uh, man, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> all right, I'll catch you later. Thank you.